Hello, and welcome to the Diary of an Age Grouper podcast. My name is Jamie Edwards, and I'm a full-time professional endurance coach, age group triathlete, and triathlon fan. The Diary of an Age Grouper podcast is all about content relevant to age groupers. We'll talk to athletes, coaches, and experts who walk the walk. This episode of Diary of an Age Grouper is the second part of our chat with Jack Kelly from the Triathlon Hour. We talk about the more recent chapters of his training and racing journey, as well as what he is up to now. If you haven't already, be sure to check out part one in the previous episode. Let's go. Okay, so you got into the sport, pretty modest beginnings. You started training a lot. Then you kind of went all in. You had a bit of a crash and you moved away from the sport and then then there's a period of time before you started your podcast without going into too much detail and giving away your, your life secrets. How long was that period? And, and sort of what were you doing then, including what sort of training were you doing? Like what was your relationship with the sport like there? Yep. So um, I think the thing is I like, I tried to hold on to triathlon, right? So like I had a crash, like cooked myself, um, never got back, but tried to like, tried to get back. Like had so many periods where I would try to train seriously and get back into it and just would have injury. Like, I think, I think I had probably like 15 to 20 injuries in the space of four years, um, trying to get back into the sport. And I, I know I wasn't doing anything crazy. That, that was sort of the hard thing to come to terms with. I would, I would do like a 35 K run week and, and get injured or, you know, it's just, it's just so frustrating. Um, I, even looking back on it now, I don't know what I could have done differently. I think maybe what I could have done differently would be prior to to like having my bike crash that sort of cooked my career where I really think I underestimate the damage I did to my, my developing body by doing like 35 hour weeks all the time when I was like 18 to 20. And even before that, I think running every single day growing up and training like, like a professional runner basically, um, when I was like 13 to 16, I think that I just think I really did damage to my body to the point where like, I don't know whether it's like a developmental thing or, or whatever it is, but I think my training age was much older than what my age was. So by like 25, I think I'd like had 12 years of training. And I, I know that you might look at like a 13 year old and go like, how much could they have been doing? But I ran every single day when I was 13 years old, like every single day I would have been doing I want to say like 50 to 70 K a week, every single week when I was 13, which how many 13 year olds do that? Uh, I just, I don't, I think if you saw a 13 year old do that, you'd be like, that's a bit like crazy. Like, why would you do that? You don't need to do that. But that was just who I was. Like I, I grew up like in the country on a farm and you know, I, I just would home and go for a run. It's just what I did. Um, so I think, I think I like cooked myself. And so, in those periods after I left triathlon, after my crash, I probably had like a four year period from when I was like 22 to 26 where I really wanted to get back into it and tried, like tried really hard, but never, I never, I didn't even get back to racing, mate. Like I, I, I did a couple of races. Like I can't, even, again, I can't remember which ones. I think I did like maybe like Foster and I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even remember. I went and did like a couple of the elite energy races, like the middle distance races. And I never went back and did another Ironman or challenge event though. I don't think. Um, cause I just couldn't, I couldn't get into a position to race. I'd just be injured, 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 injured. 
and like I'd be doing 10 hours a week injured. And so then I stepped away from it and sort of took two years where I didn't do anything. And um, then I went um, sort of like a, a year into that, I started to take my running pretty seriously. I'm like, I want to go and at least do something. And, um, you know, I ran, ran a half marathon um, that was pretty, pretty decent, but, but not sensational, wasn't doing any swimming or any cycling really. Um, and then after that, I got talking to a coach who I knew who had taken on uh, the role as like head coach of a, you know, that like sort of Neo pro cycling team. Um, and he, he sort of said like, do you want to come like do some training and, and we'll just see where it goes. Cause like, you're still young enough that you could do it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And then he said, all right, like we'll, we'll offer you a contract and come over to, to, um, Great Britain in, in, uh, in June and, 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 and live and train with us. And so I trained with him from like December to like March um for like four months of like serious bike training um and did some good training but then i was like i don't love this you know like i just had no passion for it i didn't want to do it um i loved triathlon i didn't actually love swimming riding or running individually like i had i i enjoyed going for runs and i enjoyed going for rides but i didn't have that burning desire to be a professional at, at any of them i just the only thing i ever wanted was to be a professional triathlete um and then i probably had another little crack and was like oh no i'm cool. like i'm this is this is not going to happen at this point. Um, and then that was when I was like, you know, when I was like 28, I'm like, I just, I don't want to leave the sport. I took another six months away from the sport fully. And and that was when the podcast started where I was like, you know what? Like, I, I, I just want to, I, I want to give being involved in this sport one last crack. And I love that. I love media. I love entertaining media. I love podcasts. I love, I love YouTube videos. I love content creation. Um, so yeah, I decided that, that I'm going to have one last crack at, at being involved in this sport in a way that isn't, isn't where I wanted to be. And, and still even now I really enjoy it, but there is a bit of emptiness of like, ah, oh, I just wish I was racing. Like I wish I could be one of those pros, you know, out there racing and, and racing well and winning races like that would just be, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm so envious. I'm so jealous of those, of those people. But um, on the flip side, I love what I'm doing. And I love talking about the sport. And I love the people in the sport. And I love watching races and analyzing races and discussing races. And I love having disagreements about things in the sport. I love, I love meeting someone and have a com having a conversation where we completely agree about something on the sport. So yeah, that was the catalyst for the podcast. And basically what I wanted to do when I when I got involved in the media of the sport was provide a media source that I wish I'd had for the sport when I was, you know, growing up. And, and so that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Okay. So uh, tell us a little bit now about the training that, that you are doing. So what are the, some, some of the things you're doing, some of the sessions you're doing, are you borrowing ideas from the people that you talk to on your podcast? Are you doing what you used to do? Yeah, not at all. Neither, neither, not at all. Because I don't trust my body first and foremost. Um, like my, my foot, my left foot's pretty cooked and, and that kind of thing. I, uh, the, the most training I do is waking up and, and being like, what do I want to do today? Do I want to do anything today? And like the, 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 the consistent thing is I love racing. So I do a lot of Zwift bike racing. If you ever want to um, do a race, Jamie, I'd be, I'd be in for that. Um, I love like looking on the little Zwift companion app and being like, Hey, what races are on today? And, and, you know, there's like a, 20 20k race and going like i want to go do that because it gets that like for me it gets that competitive element out of things um and it's really hard i don't like easy training like i get almost zero enjoyment for going for a like a 90 minute easy ride 
the, the only way I can enjoy that is if I'm with friends who I, I want to have a conversation with and we just go and have a, like a laugh. But if I was to go and ride for 90 minutes solo easy, I, I wouldn't enjoy it at all. I would be very bored and like be like, oh, this is, this is dragging on. If I was there with a friend having a laugh, the weather's nice, I'd love it. But I really love competing and I really love hard training. So almost everything I do now is hard. Like if I go and run, I'll do a session. If I get on my bike, I'm riding hard. Um, ideally racing if I swim which I don't do enough of but if I swim I'm just not going to like I just I don't love going and just training easy I get bored easily I've done so much of it over my life yeah I love I love hard training so I do far far less like way less in terms of volume but what I do is is always like pretty challenging all right so what I'm hearing here is um, there's not really much structure to your training you're just doing what you're enjoying you're doing far less hours than what you used to do and you, you're doing it for fun and to stay connected with the sport. Would that be fair to say? Oh, that's, that's it, it in a nutshell. Like I just, I, I refuse to, I refuse to train if it's not fun because I'm a goal driven person. Um, and I don't have goal. I, well, I haven't had goals in the sport. So without that, I don't get enjoyment from the monotony of training, like the structure of training. I, I don't enjoy that anymore. I really used to, but it was because I was goal driven to want to, Want to be the best in the world whereas now it, it yeah it doesn't make me super happy unless i'm having fun um the the like the struggle of training doesn't doesn't serve too much of a purpose in my life anymore and i mean that in like the like ugh, waking up and being like i've got to do that session being disappointed if i don't do it i'm i'm content with not having that element of the sport in my life anymore but I still live for the struggle of the actual training session being hard and overcoming that. So yeah, I, yeah, if, if I train, it's like, um, it's a, it's a really like, excuse my language again, but it's like a fuck myself up session and, 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 and hurt myself. And yeah. And I, I do it a bit infrequently. The other thing is like, I got a dog and the one element I do like about, um, easy training is I love going for easy jogs in the bush with my dog. That's something I still, I still really want to be a part of my life. Um, for sure. Any other training partners other than your dog or are you doing most of it solo? Ah, uh, you know, like from time to time. So there's little periods where I get motivated, like over summer, <laughs> the summer just gone. I, I had like a good three week period where um, I got together with some mates who still take the sport very seriously as like, you know, 30 to 35 year old age groupers. Um, they take it super seriously and I would tag along for three to four weeks and do every session with them. And, and I, I enjoy that, but not full time, like not like, hey, I'm meeting up with someone every Tuesday and then I'm meeting up with someone every Saturday. That's um, that's not really a part of, of how I train anymore. It's just it's much much more sporadic than that. It's uh, yeah, it's 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 super sporadic. And and sometimes I'll train with with people for three to four weeks straight, and then sometimes I'll I'll go three months where I'm just chilling by myself and, and doing my own thing. Yeah, cool. And um, so, what are your aspirations? Like you've mentioned, yeah, you know, maybe doing Roth or wanting to really put together one last good race. Um, so does that motivate you more one big goal rather than it being, you know, part of your lifestyle and, and something that you do, it's just, it might be that one-off big goal that you do. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That motivates me. Um, I, this, this might sound silly, like, cause I'm, I'm such a diehard fanatic of the sport and follow the sport. Like, you know, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit stupid how, how closely I follow the, the sport and how much I love the sport, but with myself in the sport, that's very different to how I view the sport um, as a whole. So I love following the sport. I love, 
I love commentating on the sport. I love dissecting the sport. Um, I love being a fan and analysist. But I don't know if you've sensed this about me. I, I really tighten up talking about myself in the sport because I, I remove the two things. So my my capacity as a fan and as someone who makes comment who, or, or someone who adds commentary to the sport, I can do that really confidently and I love it. But I tighten up talking about myself in the sport because I don't view myself as someone who like, yeah, I, I know I've talked about it, but so like even now talking about my training in the sport, I tighten up like I don't. I don't feel comfortable because um, I don't know. I sort of almost feel like a fraud. I feel like I'm really good at talking about the sport, but don't feel like I have any authority or I don't think anyone should want to, or I don't think there's any reason anyone would want to hear about my training or like anything I did in the sport when I was a young kid, which was nothing, which was seriously nothing. Like, so it just, you know, but the reason I say that again is because when you say it and when I say, does one big goal like Roth or like the world championships excite you? It's the one exception to that where I actually do start to feel a bit excited and a bit happy and like, Oh, I want to talk about that. And I think it's because I think it's because there's like a little bit of hope in my head that I can still go and have one good race or like do something I'm proud of in the sport. And I think if I'm going to stay in the sport for like 10, 20 years and, and have a presence in the sport, I think to not have imposter syndrome, I think I do need something that I can like be proud of because I'm not proud of anything I've done in the sport um, at all. Uh, like I'm proud of the work I've done commentating on the sport, but but it still sometimes feels a little bit empty um, because, yeah, I don't feel like I have um, any right to be talking about it. And so I do, I do, I do... I do have hope that maybe I can still go and do something that, you know, I might be able to go like, Hey, look at this. I did this. I'm proud of this. Um, and, and I feel like even though it's not to the level I would have liked to in an ideal world when I was a naive little kid who thought, Hey, maybe one day I can make it in this sport. It's not going to be what I was picturing then, but maybe it is like a really good age group result that, that like is nowhere near what I could have done when I was younger, but for, for where I'm at now is something that I'm proud of. And, you know, I, I don't even think it has to be result driven. I just think it has to be something that, that I look back on with, with like fondness and happiness and like want to talk about and don't tighten up talking about because, you know, because I enjoyed it and it was a happy experience and a positive experience. So, yeah, I think I need it. I think I need it. And that's why maybe next year I do do a Roth or a Cairns or a, or an Ironman world championships or something like that. And, and dedicate like, you know, four or five months to it. Like I won't go crazy on it. You know, I'll dedicate a little bit of time to it and, and try hard and go and do it. And yeah. And, and like, so I, I do get a little bit excited talking about that. Cause I, I do want something that I can like hang my hat on as like, you know what? I, I, like I, I'm proud of that. And, and maybe it justifies my position commentating on the sport a little bit because, you know, um, there is elements to like what I've done in this sport as an athlete that I'm proud of. And, and feel like now it's probably justified for me to be able to commentate on the sport. I don't know if any of that makes sense, but it's sort yeah, of, it does. And yeah, yeah, I think, I think having uh, got to know you a little bit over the last sort of six to eight months, and then obviously going quite deep, I feel like we've gone relatively deep here um, with your history in the sport. I reckon uh, I, I do think that would be a good idea. And it kind of excites me as weird as that sounds um, 
that I would, I would like to see you sort of go all in on something, whatever that means now, obviously that's going to mean something different to what it did 10 years ago and pick a goal and, and go after it. So I, for one, will be um, giving you a bit of a nudge and, and uh, you know, getting you to commit to that and, and seeing what that looks like. And maybe we could do a little bit of a, a deep dive into the training and so forth. So have you done an Ironman before? No, no. I, no. I barely did any 70.3s, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, true. Let alone an Ironman. But I think that's what it has to be for me. Like, I think I don't really know if I'm excited by a, a middle distance race because, um, like, I'm not going to be better than what I was. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think I need to do a full one and, and tick that off and, and then and, and experience, experience, like, everything about that for myself. Uh, and I think, like, something that because of the, the, um, the experiences I've had talking about this sport on my podcast. I think one thing it's done is I, I'm going to be pretty in a pretty good position and a pretty fortunate position to like build a little team around me. Like I think it would be relatively easily easy for me now to go and get a good coach and, and build a little team and make something of it and maybe get some good like partners on board for it. And like, do everything that I couldn't that, that like younger me wishes they could have done and wishes they had access to and, and like live out that dream vicariously as a, like a fat, slow um, version of myself and a, a you know, a, a version of myself that 20 year old me would be sort of disgusted by to be fair uh, and look down on. Um, but yeah, like I think, I think, I think I want to take advantage of, of what I've built in the sport and get a little team together and, and take it quite seriously. And, and and try and do what a professional would do so try and like let take take magnus ditliv or daniela reef who just won challenge roth approach it the same way they do in in a way like with you know being a professional optimizing everything living it and uh, yeah maybe that just can qualify me a little bit more to, to talk about things and make comments on thing, things in the future yeah well i'm glad you mentioned that so if you were going to do challenge roth or ironman cans or any other ironman for that matter what what would be i was going to ask you what what would be the things that you would change from your current approach to training and your current relationship with training uh to you know taking that step and going right i'm going to commit to this race um i want to do really well whatever whatever that might look like and it sounds like in a way you're kind of chasing that feeling of that olympic distance triathlon that you that you mentioned to us you'd like to it's not necessarily a time or position or a placing but a race where you can look back and go i enjoyed that preparation i prepared well um, and then I race well and I had, I had good feelings and wherever that lands you. Um, and it almost sounds like, uh, this might sound a little dramatic, but a little bit of closure from, you know, that history in the sport. So yeah, maybe not going into all the details, but maybe give us three or five things that you, you would change from what you're doing now for you to prepare, um, to put together a good Ironman. Cause I think this is relatable for a lot of age groupers, right? Limited on time, you know, got these athletic goals, you know, potentially don't even aspire to be, you know, the best in their age group, let alone win the race overall, but they want to put together a race that they're proud of and they're happy with, which is exactly what you're saying to us. So what, what would you do? What, what are the things that you would pick? And again, you can list three or five or just talk about it generally um, from where you are now to, right, I'm on this start line um, and I, I feel well-prepared and also then getting to that finish line and going, right, I'm satisfied with that. Oh, great question. Um, and I agree with the point you made there that I think it is closure. I think that's something I hadn't realized even, um, or I hadn't like thought about it that succinctly, but I think that's definitely what it is. Um, the things I would do is 
I, I'm going to do it a little bit different to the way you asked because I think it's going to be timeline order. So the first things I'm going to do, um, I'm going to get back. I'm going to get back into a little bit of a, um, consistent training. So I'm not going to go from where I'm at now, which I would class as minimal training. I'm going to slowly and consistently do a little bit more, you know, start doing like 10 hours consistently every week and then start doing, you know, start adding little bits, little bits, little bits, little bits. So it won't, I won't go all in to start and I won't let it consume my life to start. It will just, just start the process of training, becoming a daily part of my life and get to the point where that's been happening for a while. And, you know, it, it isn't, it isn't, it's got to the point where I'm not tired from it anymore, um, where it feels like I could definitely do more. So it might start with training five times in, in a week, you know, and then I might train six times a week and seven times in a week. And then I might stay at seven times a week for a couple of months. And then I might add in a double session every now and then. And do you know what I mean? So that'll be my first step. And I think a necessary first step, I think to reduce injury risk, I think, um, I think to make it sustainable, to make it a project that could actually turn into something I'm proud of, I think that's necessary. So I think that's what I'll spend the, the best part of the rest of 2023 doing is just just slowly, bit by bit, adding exercise back into my life um, before it becomes training. Do you know what I mean? Before it becomes structured training. Then once I've done that and gotten to a position where you know, I'm in a bit better shape. I'm a bit skinnier. I'm a bit, I'm feeling a bit better. My diet's a bit better. My exercise is a bit more regular, all those basic things. Um, and and I'll, I'll probably go about the process of professionaling. The prof, what's the word? Like making things a bit more professional, like adding professionalism into it from then. So I'll, I'll hire a coach at that point. Um, I think I'd probably, you know, I'd, one of my one of my good friends in the sport, Dan Plews, um, I'd, I, would love, I would love to work with, with him. Um, not it's not even because i think he's the best coach in the world i'm not saying i don't think he's the best coach in the world um it's just because i would love the opportunity to work with a good friend of mine who's a world-class coach so um asking him hey like would you be interested in doing this project and then sitting down with him and 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 because i think this is a really important element of coaching so i still coach one one young girl like a 24 year old australian girl who's a who's a first year professional um coaching something i'm passionate about i don't have enough time to do much of it i was like there was a period where I was coaching quite a few athletes and like, you know, a number of um, professional athletes, but I, I just didn't have the time or energy for it. Cause it's like a, such a time consuming thing and you have to like invest full into it. So I stepped away, but one of my really good friends, I still coach this, this young Australian pro girl. Um, and I see the value in having a really good coach if you want to achieve your goals. So I would want to do the same thing for myself and, I love the relationship I have with the athlete I coach because we're such good friends. And so it's like a little journey together. It's not just like, Hey, paid coach, paid athlete investment, but minimal investment. It's like, it's like one of those coach athlete relationships where there's like, Hey, this is a wee thing. Like your success is my success. And so I'd love to have that with someone. So yeah, that's what I do. I'd probably, and, and that's the reason why I'd approach Dan um, as opposed to like, asking Dan Lorang or, um, or another like David Tilby Davis or Bjorn Geisman, all people I have really good relationships with. And I, I would say, you know, I would even go as far to say as I'm friends with all three of those blokes, but I'm really good friends with Dan Plews and we talk on the phone for two hours, you know, every couple of weeks and that kind of thing. So I'd approach him and, and say like, Hey, you know, I've got this, got this like lofty goal. Um, I, I'd love to go and win challenge Roth next year, which, uh, 
it's just probably unrealistic, but would you want to be a part of it? And, and if he said yes, then I'd, I'd, I'd probably leave it in his hands from there and, and be like, well, you, you guide me. Um, and, and I would just do everything that, 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 you know, we decided we wanted to do to, to make that happen. Um, yeah, I don't think it's much more complicated than that. So I think they're the two steps, like a really gradual build approach to making it triathlon training, a part of my everyday life and, and doing it in a way where I'm really enjoying it. And then eventually taking a little bit more serious and adding a bit of a, a professional element to it. And then after that, I would also, I would spend a lot of time getting everything right. So I would make sure my bike position and, and my bike were awesome. I would be looking for free speed everywhere. I, I That is one thing I'll spend a lot of time in. I like, I'll make sure I have the best of everything and, and I'll invest fully into it, which is an element I never used to love about triathlon, but now something I'm actually a little bit excited to try and like embrace, embrace the technology side of, of triathlon. So yeah. And, and then, and then it would just be, I guess, like I say, challenge Roth, but at some point I would have to pick the thing that really does motivate me and, and commit to it. You know, I think that's a big part of it. A big, big, big step is being like, well, maybe I'll do that race. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do that. Oh, here's three races. I might do them. You know, like there has to come a point where I pick one and I go all in. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, that's something that's shining through from speaking with you is that you're an all in kind of person, like way back when, when you were doing, it was just more, more, more. And then if you, if you're going to commit to something, you commit to it and you go all in. So I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's good. And, and maybe we, uh, or maybe you need to sort of put it out there as well. Once you make that decision, and you decide you, you put it out there. I feel like that's something that potentially will help you along the way, even though you're doing it for yourself, that, that would be something that is, that is beneficial is to sort of put it out there and go, right, I'm doing this. I've entered the race. I've, um, I've hired my coach and away I go. Yeah, I agree. I think like I got a Patreon where I like do special podcast series and stuff. I think I do something about it. Like, you know, not because I want to talk about myself. I actually hate talking about myself, but just to motivate me, and yeah. like keep me accountable. And maybe, you know, if it inspires like one person, I think that would be quite, quite fun. Um, so I think I will do that for sure. I think I'll document it and, you know, do live coaching call check-in. So I'll like get Plusy on where we might talk for an hour to check in on everything and just record it and put that out there on the Patreon and make a bit of a series out of it. I think that would be like a really fun element to it. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. I was going to say, we should, uh, we should get in first and do a series like you do. You did leading into PTO European open. Oh, right. We do a, a lead in with Jack Kelly into whatever race you decide to do. I like it. Except we I'm, get first dibs on that though. Let's do it. Except not <laughs> just with me. So we'll do it. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's right. I'll, yeah. I can do it with you or we can get, yeah. So many other, so many other people we could get on for sure. Whether I'll, it's a, maybe it's a pro and age grouper. Or, um, different age groups, age groups maybe, and you, we can start to get the an idea of um, you know different elements that go into different considerations for for different athletes. We could do that. We can explore this. What about if we did three people from the same age group so that we were all racing each other? I think that would be really fun. So, like, say three people in in the same race in the same age group, uh, um, and then because I think it, it would that element of like, Hey, we're, we're in this together, but we're also racing each other. And then the, the, the episode afterwards. So like the wrap up show, I think if you're actually racing each other, that makes that so much funner because you probably see each other out there on course and you know, you can like exchange stories of being in the same race, but things going differently. I, I, I think that element to me is, would be really mo motivating. So like if we want to do it, yeah, personally, I would love to do it with two people who I'm racing against. Um, that, that's like, 
because then I could really vicariously live like a pro- professional. Like I could actually pretend like um, that means something more than it does rather than it just being like a, you know, it's it's not really a race. It's like age group triathlon is is a participation sport. It's not really a race, even though triathlon do a very good job of making it feel like a race. Um, I, I could lie to myself and pretend that it was a really serious race that meant something and I, and that would probably motivate me a bit. This is the last serious question and then we'll, uh, I think we'll wrap it up. So. Tell me about the lessons learned from your podcast. Is there anything that stands out? And again, I'm gonna I'm gonna frame the question like: Is there any two or three or five things that you could that you could give us that you've learned from talking to the athletes and coaches that you've talked to on the podcast? And yeah, you know, I think bearing in mind, you know, this the audience here or the intended audience is is age groupers. So, is there anything that you think they they could apply? So, you know, if they're trying to optimize their their results, uh, what have you got from us? for us from the podcast oh wow uh yeah i there's one big lesson and and it's it's the hard it's it's almost impossible to um give this advice because it doesn't get consumed easily professionals take triathlon less seriously than a lot of age groupers and that's important and i've learned from i learned from this myself as a young kid and a lot of age groupers could learn from this. Your rigidity around your training hurts you. It doesn't help you. So if you have a program that's uh, your coach gives you a week long program, for example, or you set yourself a week long program. And if for you missing a session, doing a session poorly is a bad thing and something that would affect your mindset or your mood, that's not good. And professionals don't do that at all. They don't do it at all. None of them. They enjoy their training a lot more. They're a lot more loosey-goosey, relaxed with it. They make adjustments on the fly. They wake up one morning and be like, eh, can't be bothered. You know, I'll do it two hours later or I'll reduce it or whatever. But it leads to them enjoying the sport and it leads to them being consistent over time. Now, the biggest age group mistake I see happen that pros don't make is the the success of the program to you means that you did everything and you did it all perfectly and that's it. And if you didn't do it all perfectly and you didn't do it all, that's a failure. And if you did, that's good. That mindset's toxic and it it doesn't make you the best athlete you can be. It makes you a slightly more unhappy athlete that you could be. And if you could just, if you could just loosen up that a little bit and instead of, instead of judging or instead of thinking that you have to do everything you're set perfectly or that that's what's going to make you good you could just realize that what will actually make you good is being consistent over time while still having fun that that's what will really make you a good athlete so yeah i just think a little bit more being a little bit more relaxed rather than sort of really tight and rigid around following your program or like you know like little things like letting letting the fact that you have to get up at five o'clock to squeeze in a session that you don't want to do before you go to work and then coming home from work being grumpy and tired that that doesn't make you a good athlete so if you're if you feel someone who's like that you've got to realize that no professional does that they, they just don't they don't they don't do that at all they they enjoy their training and they make it work for them and so yeah I, I would say that's the big thing so if you're not enjoying your training even secretly or if you're being grumpy or moody because you're trying to squeeze everything in or if you're if you're following a project pro, pro, program like super rigidly but it's like affecting other areas 
And if you like hear that and you and if you ask someone who thinks you have to follow a program to a T, I don't know, I just look into whether it's actually making you the best athlete. Um, and 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 maybe I would advise that that you reassess that mindset and try and adopt a more I'm doing this because I love it. I'm doing it because it's fun. And if it's becoming too too like structured, too too routine, too boring, too monotonous. I, I just I would advise that that you try and try and make the overall feel of your program like holy fuck I love this. This is so much fun. I can't wait to do this. Um, it makes me a happier, better version of myself. If if you're feeling like that around your training, it's a sign that your program's good and that it's working for you. If you if you're sort of waking up dreading it, if you if you're like oh I really don't want to do that, I'll guess I'll go and do it. If you're feeling like that too regularly, that, yeah, I, th- I think that's the biggest thing I've learned. Pros don't feel like that. They don't they don't follow programs like that. Yeah, very interesting. I, I think it's a really good message. Felt like you're talking to me for some of that for sure. <laughs> I thought that's the thing. So many age groupers are like that, and it's because of this like wrong mindset that that infiltrates the sport and you know personality types that are in our sport it's a, it's a, it's definitely a sport that attracts that kind of person and um i can speak about it because i was very much like that and and now i'm very much the opposite of that yeah i, I just think especially like little things jamie i think it's a, the sport of triathlon selfish even at an age group level and i don't love that and i think if you're living a really selfish life as an age group triathlon triathlete I don't know. I just, I think it could do with some reevaluating. Um, if your if your partner suffers, if your friends suffer, if your career suffers because of your age group triathlon training, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's making you the best version of yourself or the best version of yourself as a triathlete. And I think that you would, if you could just make some shifts and have some real conversations, like some honest conversations with yourself about like your happiness um, and your enjoyment while doing the sport and whether it's like what areas is it making you a better person and what areas is it making you a worse person? I think if you could use the sport where I'm enjoying, you know, 80 to 90% of what I'm doing, there's, it's obviously an unrealistic world where you enjoy a hundred percent of it. No pros like that. But if you could get to the point where 80 to 90%, so eight or nine out of 10 sessions that you do, you can't wait. You're excited. You're happy. You enjoy it. You enjoy it before, during and after. That's a great thing. And, and if you can like have a real honest conversation with yourself and be like, is my triathlon training hurting my relationship? Is it hurting my relationship with my kids? Is it hurting my career? Is it hurting my social life? If, if the answer to any of those things is yes, you know, shifting your training so that you can answer those like, no, I'm being the best partner I can be. I'm being the best, um, uh, you know, friend I can be. I'm being the happiest partner and happiest friend I can be. I'm still doing other things outside the sport, which are giving me a lot of happiness. I'm really kicking goals in my career and it's making me a better, better, better version of myself at my job. If you can answer like, honestly, that, that it's doing all those things, you'll find that your triathlon actually gets better because you're just a happier, more well-rounded person. And it probably means you're still going to be doing the sport in four to five years time, which is when you'll actually see success. We have this like idea in our head as like the kind of personalities that do triathlon that if we just train really hard for 12 weeks or 16 weeks or six months or a year, we can be really good and we can, we can do everything we want to do. And we can, we can, we can be super fit. Like how many people go like, Oh, I'm going to do this race in six months. I'm going to be so good when I'm there. And then you get there and like, I don't know, you, you probably haven't, 
you're probably not exactly where you thought you could be. And the reason why is because triathlon and any endurance sport takes so much development, like so much uh, adaptation that takes so long, like, you know, two, three years. If you can train consistently for two to three years, you'll be so much better than what you would be if you went all in crazy for six months. And that was a mistake I made for sure. And it's a mistake most triathletes make. So yeah, balancing out your life, being the best version of yourself while still doing the sport, really enjoying the sport, being happy doing the sport. That's the vibe you should try and get from your training. And it's what will lead to you not only being happier and being a better person, better partner, better, better employee, better friend, but also a better athlete. Yeah. Love that. And I think it's a good way to end because you know, we, we talk a lot about be your best. That's kind of our thing um, with our coaching business. And that doesn't just mean athletically, it means across the board. So a lot of the things you're saying there, uh, I think are, are very pertinent for sure. And it's, it's interesting, you know, a lot of triathletes are those diehard triathletes. And I think just in general, a lot of people have that relationship with, with training and exercise where it's, you know, it's something that they have to do, not something that they get to do. Ah, so, you know, it comes from what you said earlier, like when you were talking about um, the, your time training in the past, and ultimately there is an element of more is more. Um, and I think you can get carried away with that though. But if you can be, it's like with anything you do, if you can, people talk about consistency, but you've got, it's got to be sustainable and then it can be consistent and then you can get the long, long-term benefits of doing that. So being consistent sort of goes without saying, like that is a, that's a, that's a prerequisite. Um, but if it can be, I think the key thing we're getting from you and what you just said there is yes, you have to be consistent, but it needs to be fun and enjoyable, which means it's going to be sustainable and it's going to fit into your life and your lifestyle. Then you're going to be at it for longer. Um, and it's not going to be a chore. It's going to be something that is enjoyable and it can be enjoyable. Uh, like the, uh, like those pro boys, Aussie pro boys um, taught you many years ago and continue to live i think if you if anyone ever follows them on uh, socials i think uh, they're they're definitely aussie larrikins and they have fun with it but they're still going in the sport and they're still having fun and and that can absolutely be this the same for age group triathletes so that is a uh, that is a very good way to wrap things up jack thanks for coming on thanks for sharing thanks for going deep i definitely didn't expect us to spend so long on your your sort of history in the sport but i'm i'm glad you did we did, and I'm glad that you were able to share. And I uh, actually think we've got a couple of things potentially in the pipeline, so we'll work on those and, um, uh, yeah, maybe have, have you back on in the future. I loved it, mate. I, um, I found it incredibly awkward and uncomfortable talking about myself. And considering I do a podcast, you know, I do two podcasts, three podcasts a week every week and have done for a couple of years now, I'm not going to lie, I fucking felt uncomfortable for most of the conversation because I hate I hate talking about triathlon from my, from my own perspective. And like, I'm so, I don't know, I'm saying it again. I'm like embarrassed by, by to, to, to talk about myself, but I love talking about triathlon. So it's like a, it's a, yeah, it's a real catch 22 for me where, but thank you for forcing me to open up a little bit. Um, you know, I, like I said, I was a bit tight with it. I, I need to get better at, uh, I need to probably come to terms with the fact that I, um, rather than being embarrassed and, uh, and look negatively at my experience as, a, as an athlete in the sport, which I do for sure, to the point where, you know, I don't even remember, like I, I, I genuinely feel embarrassed that I don't even remember the name of the that Olympic distance triathlon that I did. Um, and I was thinking during like, I did, I did a really good race in another country, one called Horsham, which is such a, it's a very same thing. I just know that 
country town because it's somewhere near where I grew up. But it's another race I'd forgotten I even did, like just another little race that I did quite well at, um, got the course record at that too, forgot I did it in, until this conversation, had literally wiped it from my memory. Um, so I'm, yeah, sorry I'm a bit awkward about talking about myself, mate, but th yeah, seriously, thank you for, for making me reflect on it and forcing me to because it's something that I bury big time, like big, big time I bury it. And I've almost like had a two-part like career and life in this sport and I've forgotten the first part and and don't like to think about it and but i really think po like i view what i'm doing now is really positive and i love it and i'm proud of it and i talk about it all the time so if you get me on to talk about what's going on in triathlon today like you can't shut me up um and and this is probably the first time in you know f five six years where I've, I've been the same where like i was you know talking for long periods of time about what had happened in my you know formative life in triathlon and, and the reason why i was doing that i was like sort of felt like I was exploring it in my own mind and mean like, you know, what, why, why do I look back on this so negatively? Like what actually, what was I doing back then? And yeah, it's the first time I've been forced to explore that in a long time, mate. So I do, I do owe you. And I probably, yeah. And, and you use that really good word of closure. I, I probably do need a bit of closure for myself in the sport a bit selfishly um, rather than doing what I'm doing at the moment, which is exclusively focus on and talk about other people. Um, yeah. And, and so, yeah, you've sort of made me realize that and, and I'm a little bit excited now to, to go on the journey to do a race and, and seek that closure and, 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 and maybe close that chapter and be like, you know, I'm, I'm proud of myself for, for what I personally have done in the sport now and I can, I can sort of stop talking about myself so negatively and stop, stop um, suppressing, you know, my, my formative life in the sport and, and move forward from that. So, yeah. Honestly, mate, thank you. Th thank you for being the vehicle to help me explore that. And, and I look forward to, uh, to following up on this, um, whether it be later on in the year or, or next year, if we do that series. Yeah, well, for what it's worth, I don't think you need to be embarrassed. And uh, I really do appreciate you sharing. And I'm, and I'm glad we pursued this. And um, this whole idea was, it was about having the first episode be talking to someone who has talked to so many other people about their training and hasn't actually shared. And I think what has ended up happening is we've um, we've explored even even more than than we expected to. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm grateful and appreciative, and I reckon we can do some other stuff down down the track. And I'm glad that you got something out of it as well. So thanks again. Sounds good, Jamie. All right, mate. Thanks for listening to the Diary of an Age Grouper podcast. If you have any questions, feedback, or ideas for future guests, please contact us via the Diary of an Age Grouper Instagram page. Alternatively, you can email info at jetcoaching.com.au. Don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. This podcast was born to discuss all things age group triathlon. As an athlete, coach, and fan of the sport, I have always been intrigued with different approaches to training and how to optimize an individual's performance. We will speak to athletes who perform at a high level, as well as those with an interesting story. We will speak to coaches with a vast array of experience and also experts in various fields. We want to sift through what the physiology labs tell us, as well as what we see the pros doing and take the lessons that apply to us. This is the Diary of an Age Grouper.